welcome to the Nola Row Experience Podcast. Raw, honest, relatable experiences that help us grow. Are you subscribed? If not, what are you waiting for? Go! And please, leave a review and help us grow while you're at it. Thank you. On today's episode of the Nola Row Experience Podcast, I am here with the beautiful, super talented <laughs> Triana Newfield, and we are going to be talking about motherhood, marriage, early menopause, the SOA, Q&A, and of course, today's happy habit. To get yep, this yep, done. Yep, 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 yep. My goodness. And you know what I love about you? You have been so resilient and patient and kind and understanding with this whole process because it's been crazy. It's been crazy. It's okay. Um, I think it's important that when you believe in something and someone, like you give grace, and I'm always open to that. And I wanted to be a part of it. So I wanted to make sure that um I did. So I love it. Thank you so much. No problem, girl. All right, let's get right into it. Okay, let's get all up in your business. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, so you've been posting lately about experiencing early menopause, yep. which I didn't know was happening. And when I saw the post, I was like, wait a minute, what? Mm-hmm. How is that at 34? Um, you know, I feel like every day is different. Um, you know, that I have some days where I'm like cool with it. And there's some days where like, um, I'm angry with myself, with my body. A lot of times I'll be crying in the corner. Um, so I just think it's just different. I just try to take it like, you know, day by day and, um, just understand that, you know, this is just a moment I'm going to get through this. I'm going to relearn how to live with this. Um, and yeah. So why is it happening? I mean, what is it that would make you say, you know what, I'm mad at myself? Yeah. So um, what happened was um, I'm almost it'll be two years um, in January that I've since I've had my um, hysterectomy. But what happened was like during COVID, like 2021 ish, like my period wasn't coming. So I thought like, oh, maybe I'm pregnant. Um, and I kept taking pregnancy tests and they were like coming out negative. So I went to the doctor and I was telling them like, you know, I haven't gotten my period. And, um, I just felt kind of like weird. Like my stomach was like protruding. I was looking pregnant, but I wasn't pregnant. And you know, like nobody want to be looking pregnant when you're not pregnant. So <laughs> I just asked them like, you know, what's going on? So they did an x-ray and long story short, they basically found like a tumor the size of a basketball on my left ovary. No way. Mm-hmm. It was like This is 2021? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was huge. It was, it was huge. And I could feel it. And that's how I knew like something was kind of sort of off. So they was like, we have to go and um, go in, take this off your ovary. You don't want it to burst. You don't want it to explode. You don't, cause it's like pulling down, you know? So I was like, okay, cool. So went for surgery, got it done. It was cool. I was living life. And then I got a call from a doctor and he was like, you know, um, are you alone? And I was like, no, like what happened? Like, you know what, what you want, you know, because you know, you're just trying to live. Yeah. And he 
was Why like, are you interrupting I, my grinding? <laughs> he was like, I need you to go somewhere where you can be alone because I have something serious to tell you. And he essentially told me that they took the tumor, they tested it, and it came back malignant. And so wow. I was told that I had stage one ovarian cancer and that he really thought it would be best for me to um, start going to see um, a gynecological oncologist. And he recommended me to like somebody that was close to him. And I went in. And they pretty much gave me a decision. It was like, so we can take this ovary from you um, and, you know, just hope and pray that once that goes away, that your cancer will go away. Or we can just give you a full hysterectomy so that you don't have to worry about your cancer coming out, you know, ex expanding outside of your uterus. And I seen cancer in my family. People go through cancer and I see what it does to your body and like all the stress, like with the chemotherapy and the appointments. And I just didn't want to put myself through that. I did not want to put my husband, my children, my family through like, you know, the challenges that comes with someone who, you know, has cancer. So I decided. So you made a sacrifice. I did. Yeah. I said, you know what? So let's just, let's just get rid of it. So I got a hysterectomy. Um, and like you, when you ask me like, why, why am I upset sometimes? Sometimes I am upset because I did, you know, see myself and my future having three children. And it's like, damn, that's not going to happen, you know, you know, not naturally, you know. So that's why I'm upset sometimes. Um, but, yeah, you know, I did it because I just didn't want to deal with that. So taking out my uterus has put me into menopause at 34. So that's where we're at. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. I'm just digesting that <laughs> because... The phone call is one thing that sounds really heavy. Then the decision-making was another thing that sounds really heavy. And then the aftermath mm -hmm. of feeling regret mm -hmm. sounds really heavy. So you've been carrying a lot. Yeah, girl. I just be outside carrying my load. <laughs> you've been carrying a lot. But you know what? I think... How do I say this without sounding like an idiot? No, just um, say it. I feel like you've been doing it well. Yeah. I didn't. I, I was about to say I think you're built for this, but <laughs> I feel like I feel like you're do. Are you doing okay? Yeah, you know, today's a really good day. Like you know, um, I feel like every day that I get a chance to wake up, it's a good day. But today's a really good day. Um, there's some days where I'm not okay. No, like you know, um, like a human. Yeah, right. So I, I, I just, like I said at the beginning, just take it day by day. Um, it is a lot, but you know, I've been taught to, you don't have to look like what you're going through, mm -hmm. you know, like it's really important you to me. You definitely don't look like what you're going Ooh. through, girl. <laughs> Thank you. Um, cause that's something that I really take pride in. Like I love to make sure that I look good because I feel like it's a testament to me being grateful for the fact that I have the opportunity mm -hmm. to even be here. Mm -hmm. So I really like to take my time with myself. I like to be cute, get dressed, do all the things that's going to continue to remind me that like I have a reason to live, you know, outside of, of course, my children and my yeah. husband and family, but for me, you know, yeah. so I don't want to look like what I've been through because I don't need to, you know, like I've been through a lot. I need to focus on making sure that I feel good. So I, I look good. I love that. Mm -hmm. But what about the days when you don't feel so good mm -hmm. and you're like, 
I don't know if I have it in me mm-hmm. to even try to look good. What does that look like? Are you on the couch eating like ice cream? This is me watching no. too much TV, <laughs> by the way. No, and it's okay. Um, when I have bad days, I'm just very vocal that I'm having a bad day. So like my husband knows, my kids know, like if I'm going to work that day, like. So what are you saying, guys? Yeah, today's not a good day. <laughs> like, our whole word is literally, like, blue. When I say blue, they know, like, up. Oh, All right, it's a blue leave day. Leave mommy alone. So, you know, that yeah, because I, I'm very transparent. I feel like when you go through these types of things and you change in a dramatic way, it's only right that you let the mm. people around you know what's going Facts. on. It's not fair, you know. It, it wouldn't be fair to them or to me for me to be holding this in and them having to walk around on eggshells around me because I'm not having a good yeah, day. Yeah, but I also know that when people do that, yeah. not say what's happening, people are like, something is different about yep. her. Is She's it me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I never want them to feel like, you know, because I'm going through what I'm going through, that it's their fault, mm-hmm. you know, or that, you know, I'm dragging them down with me. So it's just like, mommy's not in the mood today. It's a blue day. And everyone knows just what to do. You know, my husband know he got to, you know, do a little bit extra that day, you know, and he'll encourage me to like go do something that's going to make me feel good. And that's what I try to really focus on, like just praying really hard for just endurance to just be okay, to make it through journaling, you know, making sure I go to my Starbucks, just doing things to ensure that. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Doing things to just ensure that I take care of myself and also give myself the space to feel because that's important to me. You know, I'm not one of those women that's just going to pretend to be okay and just keep pushing. I don't think it's healthy. You know, I feel like a lot of the things that we carry can manifest physically. And I also think a lot of times, like, was it because of me pretending to be okay? Did that, you know, not cause, but like help my cancer to progress? Like, did that give, like, make my body a breathing space because I was holding on to so much hurt, pain, stress, regret? Yeah, I believe those things can be connected. Energy is real. I believe in that. So it's just, like, really trying to remind myself, like, girl, you got to get this stuff out because it's not good for you. Facts. Yeah. Facts, because if you're not putting it out, you're keeping it in. Exactly. Literally. Period. So are you surprised by anything that popped up with menopause because I feel like we hear about well I could say me mm-hmm. I've heard about menopause so many times right and I'll hear hot flashes mm-hmm. hot flashes hot flashes hot flashes dryness um painful sex and not much el- weight gain mm-hmm. not much else but I am sure there are things happening that women never talk about in public. Yeah, so I feel like everyone's journey is different. Like, I've experienced all of those things. Pot flashes are real, and they're gross. Like, I hate them. <laughs> I'm always hot, but it's okay. Um, but for me, I feel like the biggest thing that women don't talk about is the emotional toll that it takes on you. You know, when your hormones are all over the place, you're extremely emotional. There's been times where I've seen myself, like, you know how you are watching yourself outside of yourself Mm -hmm. be just irrational and just gross and, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, like, I've, I've, bitchy okay i'm gonna say it like i've been bitchy and angry and just (laughs) 
You know, and I feel like it really impacted, like, you know, my family. Also, like, the way I showed up at my job and, like, you know, in my business. It. I feel like that's the thing that we don't talk enough about. Like, what are you supposed to do with those feelings? How are you supposed to navigate through those feelings when you're feeling like that inside of yourself? And then your body is also changing. It's showing up, but you're not creating it mm -hmm. it's like you can't even help it no a lot so of days how, you are can't. You, how are you navigating something you can't help like i said just being mindful really practicing mindfulness and being aware that this is what i have this is where i'm at and being you know sure to make sure that i'm taking care of myself so when those days come up and they come around like i said just telling people and letting them know like i had to apologize to a lot of my coworkers at the start of this year because i know i wasn't showing up in my best capacity because mm. i was feeling crazy like i literally felt crazy like it, yes that's how i felt and I like think also not only are you this is a, a little bit of a sidebar it's an issue mm -hmm. that i've been having with how generations communicate with each mm -hmm. other. We're doing the same thing that our elders did as far as this separation. Uh, our generation of women, people, period, are saying, oh, Gen Z is this, they can't do this, lazy, don't, can't socialize, anxiety, all this stuff, and I'm like, guys, this is the exact thing that happened with us mm -hmm. and our elders mm -hmm. when they kept talking about how different we are. And that separation causes a lack in communication. Mm -hmm. If you've gone through menopause or whatever it is that comes with that, as my elder, you don't even talk to me about mm -hmm. it. You don't even tell me like, okay, let me put you on a game. Mm -hmm. This is what's happening. Mm -hmm. So... You coming into this space, which is natural, it it, it happens. Eventually to all to, of us, right? right? Mm -hmm. But then it's happening at a rate and a time that was completely unexpected. Exactly. So who are you, are you talking to anybody? Are you So that's the thing. <laughs> None of my friends, like even my older women friends, like nobody is here yet. Like, like I know girl. nobody knows, you know, what it is that I'm going through. So like the the in the way that they offer support is just by listening, being there, you know, hanging out with me, those types of things. Like I think there's only one person right now, like in my circle that I talk to and that's a coworker that's in this space. So we you know we share but everybody else all they can do really for the most part is empathize so with how do you because, get the information um so i'm still working on trying to find my tribe like the information that i find um is just stuff that i research but specifically what i'm looking for is women who look like me and are where i am in life to you know do this journey with and um i haven't found many yet you know so i'm still just like working on that part but yeah Wow. Wow. Well, when it's my turn, <laughs> I'll have you. <laughs> yeah. What is a day like in the life of a mom, businesswoman, you have a job, you're married, mm -hmm. you're dealing with your own internal yeah. stuff. What does that look like? Because I feel like I always have to resort to social media because that's mostly where we see each other, right? Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. People in general. Of course. And you'll see these moms with their cups of coffee. 
and we know you have liquor in there. No. <laughs> Seriously, we no. We know you got some whiskey some wine, in that cup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, pushing these expensive strollers, and they're just, this is a day in the life, mm-hmm. and we go to play dates, and then you'll have some other moms who will post and say, this is what it's really like. <laughs> My house does not look like this the way my the way these Instagram posts are perfectly um of course decorated clean houses mm-hmm. and then you have these moms like it's not cuz it's not like it's not like that. No, we know. We know. It's not like that especially mm-hmm. if you have a toddler or one two three kids and they're running around crazy your stuff is not intact. No. So you're keeping it real. What is it like? <sighs> so <laughs> very similar to what I said. Just every day looks different. I have big boys. My sons are twelve and fourteen. No, look, I'm bad. No, that's not twelve, 12 and, 14. and fifteen. Wow. They're going to be twelve and sixteen, right? We have birthdays coming up November, December. So I'm going to have next year a twelve year old and a sixteen year old, and the house is still dirty. I ain't got toddlers, but they still run around and acting like it. <laughs> and then on top of that, it's their rooms that's that's a mess, right? So for me, I really try to stick to like my routines. Like we, I have my routines. I try to um, instill routines inside of them, but it's hectic. It's hectic. Um, but it's a beautiful kind of like chaos, you know. Um, start the day really early. I start my day really early. Four thirty, five o'clock in the morning is when I'm getting up. And, you know, I'm showering. I'm doing my little morning self care routine. I'm doing my makeup, putting my hair together. You know getting myself prepared so once I go in to like wake up everyone else in the house husband included I'm good right because I feel like that's the most important thing when you are taking care of yourself and you making sure that you're good it makes it so much easier to help everybody else in the house you know so we do that we're out the house my kids travel with me they go to school in my um, area my oldest son goes to school with me my youngest one he's around the corner so it's drop offs so I'm at work all day I'm a teacher um, so I'm there to about 3.30 after school hanging out with my students and I'm doing pickup, whatever sports and stuff the kids are in because they're involved in things. We're doing practice. I'm getting home. Dinner, you know, I try to keep things really specific and easy. The only time you're going to catch me cooking a real big meal is Sunday. During mm-hmm. the week, it's quick and easy. If it can be done in 25 minutes, that's where I'm at. <laughs> Homework check, you know, baths, you know, trying to make sure that I spend time having conversations with everyone and checking in on husband and making sure the kids are good. And I'm probably back in bed by 1130, but I need to do better with that, right? Because I'm learning that in menopause, sleep is something yes. that's really important. Yes. Yes. And I haven't mastered that yet because nice times are really difficult for me in between like the insomnia and the hot flashes. I don't sleep. I have not slept um, consistently for like the last almost two years. I probably wow. get four hours, but it's like interrupted, you know, because I'm I'm hot, so I'm waking up and then I'm cold and I'm going back to sleep. And that's putting and stress on your other organs. <sighs> okay, right? okay. This is why you know I'm carrying around this little extra weight. It's cool or whatever, but it's not where I want to be. But I, I'm acknowledging that, right? Because life is busy right now, so it's just really trying to make sure that make everyone is okay and that I'm also being able to meet the goals that I have set for myself. So You're doing so much. It is a lot. We, right? We and as I don't want to do I don't so want to sound better. Go for it. But there's just so much that women have take care of. I know. 
And this is the reason why I don't let people disrespect me. Mm-hmm. You can't call me no weird names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not your bitch. Yeah. I'm not none of that mm-hmm. because I do so much. Yeah. I create. Yep. Were it not for us, yeah. nobody would be on this planet. Like if nope. all women said today, you know what? I'm not getting pregnant anymore. Yeah. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to start coming out of a lab. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say we're going to go extinct. Somebody's going to figure out how to keep... of course. But the point that I'm trying to make is everything that you just said is so powerful. And I want to give you your flowers. I want to give flowers to all all the women, Mm -hmm. all the moms. And just make sure that you're putting that reverence out there because... We're, we're nothing to be played and toyed around with. And that's, that's on period. And I think that's the thing, right? You know, people see us and think that we just get up and do because that's what, you know, we're trained to do. But they don't recognize, like, the toll that it takes, mm. right? Like, taking care of everything all the time and trying to be the best. A mom, you know... Cause this is that's the thing, right? I never want to say like you know, moms who are outside the home are doing more than stay at home mom. I'm I'm not no. here for that kind of conversation. But what I am going to say, just being a mom in general, yeah, takes a toll. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's a lot that we have to do, and I think that we don't in our society recognize the amount of work just making sure that someone else's well being is taken care for. How much work that is. Right. And then you compile that with everything else, the things that we go through. If you have spouses, if you're working, if you're, you know, trying to figure things out, all of that, like it's a lot. So flowers are deserved. Like I feel like Mother's Day is a joke. I feel like that's a joke. We should have like Mother's Year. Every day should be Mother's Day with the amount of work that we're literally doing on a daily basis and not being acknowledged or recognized. It's just like, oh, that's just mom. Which is why it's so important for me to make sure that in my experiences with my life and what I'm going through, I let my children know, like, bro, like, I'm not a robot. Like, I'm, I'm not someone that's going to keep going. I'm a human. I'm going to need time. I'm going to need a break. I'm going to need you to go that way and let me do what I have to do. Like, no, because, you know, that that's the thing. I feel like a it's lot of times, yeah, like, people expect moms to always show up. And I'm not always at that capacity. And I think it's so important for people to understand that we're humans, too. We have feelings, too. We have emotions, too. And I get that we carry the weight of everyone's world on our shoulders but it doesn't mean that that shit ain't heavy and this is in no way taking anyone anything away from men no we love you dads (laughs) but let's keep it real i personally i'm talking about me in my world i know so many moms and women who do all the things and then I don't know if this is a culture that gets trickled down or taught, but I know when I came to this country and I started watching American TV, I would always see the mom doing all the things and the dad is on the couch watching TV because Mm -hmm. he went to work and brought Mm -hmm. groceries or whatever. And this is probably reflecting women who don't have a nine to five. But what about the moms who do have a nine to five, but when they come home, the partner is doing the same thing. Yeah. Guys, <laughs> my women just instantly become like the default parent, and that's not mm. right. Like I let my kids know all the time, like go ask your father, 
Go ask your father. Like my son, oh mom, what's what's for dinner? Go ask your father. Click because I'm not I'm not doing it. Like and it's not because I don't want to feed my children, but it's because like you have two parents. Yes. Take advantage. Take yes. you lucky. You yes. know you, you lucky. Take advantage. You're not gonna run me ragged. Go ask your father. And yeah, y'all go figure it out. All right. So now that we're on the marriage thing. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what you about to ask? <laughs> Now that we're in a marriage thing, no, it's 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 nothing crazy. I'm just dramatic. But it's okay. um, I'm here for you know, I grew up hearing women say, you know, stay in shape, do your makeup, fix your hair, keep it tight, speak soft, do this, do that, so that when your man looks at you two, three, four, five, ten years down the line, he can't say you're not the woman I fell in love with. Mm -hmm. You have to stay the same to keep your man. Mm -hmm. I want to hear your thoughts on that because based on my body language and my tone right now, y'all yeah, know I have an opinion on that, but... <laughs> um, so I feel like, you know, um, it is important, right? I do. I do believe it's important. I do believe that, you know, I need to be, you know, cute for my husband, but cute is a relative term. Right. So if, even if my body does change or whatever the case may be, yes, I'm, I'm going to get dressed up for my husband sometimes, mm -hmm. sometimes. Right. Because I feel like marriage is so much more than just like physical, you know, attraction. Like I've changed so much. Like I've been with my husband since I was 17 years old. I'm 34. So we're talking about 17 years of being with the same person. I am definitely not who I was at 17 be. or 25 or imagine? 34. But that's, I think that's where exactly. <laughs> I mean, we would like to be when we was in high school. I, you know what I mean? But, you know, it is what it is. And I think that the relationship has to be stronger than just what the physical part is because like I said, you have children, your body changed. I have a hysterectomy. I'm like 40 pounds heavier than I was just last year. Really? And uh, yeah. And that's the thing. You can't tell though. No. Yeah. Cause I keep it tight. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but th that's what I'm talking about. Right? Like I try to make sure that I take care of myself and it's not because I want my husband to be physically attracted to me. It's about me more than anything. Do I think that we should be at their beck and call and at their feet with the plate? Like here's dinner, honey. No, I don't. No, I don't. But I believe that in relationships, you guys set the terms. You set the terms for what you want. Um, I, I've struggled with feeling beautiful and feeling sexy, especially after I had a hysterectomy because I knew not only would I physically change, but like sexually, our intimacy would change as well because my body don't work the same way anymore. So there were times where like I had thoughts of like, bro, just pack it up. Go ahead and go find a new wife because... I ain't working right. You know what I mean? And we did have those conversations, but like I said, transparency is everything to me. So when I'm having these thoughts and these emotions, I'm, you know, very open with him about it. Um, because I think like in a marriage, that's what you're supposed to do. Absolutely. Like you're supposed to let your spouse know how you're feeling. Um, but we, we still together, so he good. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So I just think it's really about what you want in your relationship. Um, do I think that we should, you know, be cute for our husbands? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, but I don't think that that's all the relationship should be based upon. I love that. What you think? I want to hear your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I agree you with you. What, I agree you with think? you. It's imp That attraction makes the world of difference. And it's a two-way thing, right? And... 
um, a lot of times when you hear men say, my wife needs to da-da-da, when you look at the husband, you're like, <laughs> why, it's just her? Like, why is it that men don't have the same pressure mm -hmm. to keep it tight, to mm -hmm. do this, to do that? You know, man. <laughs> They lucky, right? It yeah. must be nice. I want to be a dad sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it must be nice. You got mm -hmm. your remote, mm -hmm. your your belly, mm -hmm. and you know, and that's no shade. It's just the pressure. There's like a bias when it comes to this pressure. But I do agree with you. I think it's very important that you um, consider your attractiveness mm -hmm. because that's what humans are uh, pulled to each that's how humans are pulled and men to each you other. know they're very visual <laughs> yeah. so they and guess what baby i'm visual too Period. <laughs> i'm very visual too. <laughs> yeah but um yeah it's beyond the idea of what you look like and you made a vow mm -hmm. That's the reason when I get married, I'm not using a traditional vow. Mm -hmm. I cause I hear people make vows and I'll be like, mm -mm, girl, I would not do it for better or for worse. <laughs> it's true. But that's what there's, you want, there's, right? There's there's a level of worse that I have a limit to worse. Period. Period. You're not killing me out mm -hmm. here. But anyway. No, but that's the truth. You got to set the terms for the kind of relationship that you want. And when you're with someone, I know for us, like... I've changed drastically. So the things that I was okay with at 17, I'm not okay with at 34. Period. You know what I, I mean? That. Like you, you grow and you evolve. And that's why it's so important that you continue to have these hard conversations with your spouse because this is how people drift apart. Like they forget to, especially when you're raising children, like you focus and this is, I'm going to go back to mom because I'm a woman. And I can only speak to experience. Like I remember a time where like I lost myself in motherhood and my only focus, just tunnel vision was my children, just kids. Isn't it crazy how you go from just you, your, your biggest problem is God, I can't find those mm -hmm. jeans that make mm -hmm. my butt look good. That's mm -hmm. your biggest problem in the world. And then one day, to hold, you're like, wait, wh wait, what? What mm -hmm. happened? You, it's like you go to sleep and wake up. The world has changed. There's a bunch of people that are depending on you. And if you are not, if your head is not on and you're not focused the entire time, it can blindside you. Yes, yes. And and that's the thing. Just focusing straight on the kids, forgetting about my relationship, and I recognize that, like, yo, we gotta connect too because when these kids get grown and they out our house. It's going to be me and you. And if I ain't liking you, like, what, what's going to happen? But you look about, you see it. Like, it happens all the time. People, kids go away. The kids get older. And they look and at each other like, bro, I don't like, like you. I don't even know you. Like, when did you change exactly. between 1996 exactly. and today? Like, exactly. 20 happened? years. Because I'm not focused on you. So I feel like when you're in a marriage and you have a spouse and a partner, whatever your commitment is to the other person, Priority has to come to that relationship because that's your forever person. Our children, yes, we love them. They're going to be here forever, but they leave. They start their own families, right? So if I'm going to be with you for forever, we're going to need to make sure that we good for, for forever, right? So yeah. Did you hit like a wall or what was the breaking point that made you say, you know what, I want to jump into the next thing we're going to be talking about, the Model Mommy Club? Okay. <laughs> 
what made you start that? Did you have to go through something crazy or did one, one day you were like, oh, I just want to do something? So I think it's a little bit of both. I just remember like a time when I was going through postpartum depression. This is a while ago. Like my son is my oldest. My youngest son is going to be 12. When I first had him, like those first three years were very difficult for me because I was going through postpartum depression and I felt like I couldn't find a community. Like, you know, I had my children early. So a lot of my friends weren't at baby two yet, right? A lot of my friends weren't even having children yet, so it was very lonely, and it felt very isolating, and I felt like um, I couldn't find nobody to talk to about what I was feeling, so that's when I took to social media and just started, like, you know, sharing my experiences, so I started the Makeup Mommy, Modern Day Mommy, because it's changed so many times, but it's always like mom, you know, this club, because I wanted women to have a space, specifically mothers to have a space where they didn't feel judged, where they'll be able to be vulnerable, let their hair down and hang out together, right? Cause we do events, hang out together and do things that prioritize their self care. I feel like in a lot of these mom spaces, we were talking about it a little bit earlier. It's just a lot of shame and judgment. Like people swear to God that they're the best mom in the world. And listen, no, friend, they know they're not. <laughs> They know they're not. They want you <laughs> to believe that, right? To think that they are. Yeah, and a friend, like I'm cool. Like you, I think we're all great moms, right? Because you know everybody's different. But at the same time, I feel like there has to be a limit where when people are sharing what they're going through or their experiences, where we're not trying to jump down their throat and tell them that they're not doing good enough. I feel like there's so much of that, you know, in conversation. I see it in a lot of mom spaces where people are like just. I do it this way and this way is the best one. It's just like, girl, calm down. Calm down. Your house is messy. Calm, like, girl. You, do, you don't know your husband anymore. This. Your you don't kids, even know yourself. Your kids you don't know, like you. <laughs> not and, your kids don't like you. <laughs> no, it's not shade. It's not shade. It's a natural human experience. Yeah. And I'm not saying it to shame you. Of course. I'm saying it because everybody's going through some version of it. So why are we pretending this? Because it's just a lot of projection, like you said. You know? it's, it's a lot of projection. I, you know, I have older children, so I haven't had adult children. I'm not there yet, but I've went through like the newborn, the toddler, the kid. Yo, like it, it, it's it's a lot. It's and you, you have different children, different personalities. You change their transitioning. And adolescence, y'all, it's not for the week. I promise you. Every day, like when the kids first got there. I was, I was a mess, a mess, because I had no idea, like, what to do with them. But it's a whole I feel, new world. Girl, but that's how it's supposed to yeah. be, right? It's a journey. You're not supposed to know what's around the corner, but you're supposed to keep going through. So I just wanted moms to have a space, you know, my moms to have a space to be who they authentically are and not have to worry about people judging them. That's so what's really important. So how can moms and women get into that space? Do you have to be a mom? Yeah, so I don't want to be like an elitist, but yeah, you got to be a mom. You got to be a mom because <laughs> that's who I'm talking to. Okay. And I feel like that's a, like we just we just need more spaces. Like got we it. just need more spaces. So how do they get into that space with you? Oh, just follow me on Instagram. You know, I have my modern day mommy page. Um, I have my Facebook group. You know, you just come on down. Modern day Mommy. Yes, a modern day mommy. A so modern day mommy. A M O D E R N M O M M Y. Instagram and on Facebook. Yeah, I I love stuff like that because it's so important to talk to people who understand what's happening with you and not trying to tell you, well, girl, I wake up at five, I do yoga, and I get my cup of wine. <laughs> 
that I'm pretending is coffee. Yeah. And I'm better than you. Exactly. Because that's what it feels like a lot of, yeah. right? It feels like a lot of like this comparison, like we're trying to get one up on the other. And I, I get it, like, but I feel like it, it can't be that. And it can't be that because it's like, what kind of kid are you raising? Are you raising your child to act like they're better than someone? Because our children, you know, like that, that we're their first role model. So I want my kids to be empathetic. I want them to be understanding. I want them to be kind, inviting, all those things. I don't want them outside shaming people. Even if you are better, you know, whatever that is, you know, I don't want you to make someone feel that way. That's what's really important to me. And I feel like we need that space. You know, we need those kinds of spaces to where it's not about who has what, it's about the experience and let me be here to support you. Let me be here to be a shoulder. Let me listen. Let me help, you know, you find a resource. Like that's what I want for moms more than anything because motherhood can be very isolating at mm. times. You feel like you're alone. Mm. Like when your kid, like we was talking about my post, like my kid told me like I'm the reason for one of his problems. Like I almost died. <laughs> like I was in my room. <laughs> he hates me. <laughs> but <laughs> I had to share that on social media because I know other moms with these big ass teenagers are going through the same thing because mm. this is what kids do developmentally. When they get to adolescence and their hormones are all over the place, they're just all over the place. But it isn't a reflection of who you are. And I need moms to understand that, yes, it may hurt when they say these things, but we know the truth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's okay. Was I hurt? Yup. Am I going to stop showing up for my kid? Absolutely not. But I am going to be there for another mom who's going through this. Oh. Yeah, we can, we can um, drop the mic right there. <laughs> I love that. I love that. All right, so we're about to jump into the next segment. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. So the SOA Q and A is our segment where our producer, a shot of adrenaline, will ask us questions that we have to answer. Okay. Let's see. So this is how it goes. He'll ask the question, you repeat the question, yep. and then you answer. Got it. All right? Yeah. The last dream that I can remember. Yeah. If dreams are like an alternate reality, like we're in another universe. I am some type of badass spy <laughs> chick, toting guns, shooting people. I swear to you, action-packed, running, shooting people, hiding um, in houses, helicopters coming up to the window, and I'm like, girl, what are you doing over there in that universe, the multiverse? You're the multiverse. Yeah, I feel like. <laughs> The dream is probably me seeing what my other self is doing. Mm. She's out there. <clears throat> I hope I'm not ratting her out. No. Sorry, girl. <laughs> what okay. about me has made people in feel insecure around me? All right, so I think it's like two things, right? Um, one is, is my personality. I'm very outgoing, loving, bubbly. So I have that kind of personality that like draws people in. And then it, it, it's, it's the body. It's, I be serving, like I'm, I'm a baddie. So I feel like, <laughs> no, I'm joking. It's the first one, just my personality. <laughs> 
sorry guys i don't remember the first date i've ever been on i do know that i do remember an early date i can talk about being on a date with my first boyfriend and um we were walking by a car i wouldn't change it i'm just telling a story at this point we're going to the movies linden boulevard in east new york and uh linden multiplex magic johnson movie. and he was like you're so conceited i'm like why do you say that he's like because you look in every car window we walk by uh, you don't like, <laughs> but that was really me i was in every window period constantly yeah. fixing something yeah yeah if you ain't looking in the mirror is it a mirror <laughs> are you there <laughs> that was 17 year old me if i could decide where i was to be born I feel like, okay, I'm American and I am so jealous of people who have accents. Like, I just want some exotic accent that's just probably like like French or something. Because their accent is kind of like sexy. So maybe Paris, that's where I want to be born. Bonjour. So I can talk like that. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what to say and what not to say. What? Uh, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that answer. Really? No. Why? I don't know. It's weird. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I want an accent. All right. Francais. Francais. Voulou. Voulou. Say avec moi. Avec moi. Sassoir. Oui, oui. Bonbon. <laughs> If I could take a vacation for three months with $14 million, I'm going to Guyana. Guys, haven't you been listening to this podcast? <laughs> I'm going home to my family and we're going to swim in the creek, not creek, in the creek, in the black water. And we're going to go to the Amazon and we're going to eat all the exotic fruit and figure out how to get rid of the mosquitoes. With 14 million, I think I can get rid of mosquitoes, right? Get rid of some of them, yeah. We can, we can put them into extinction, because my gosh. But yeah, I'm definitely going home. All right, so this segment is our happy habit. Okay. And in this segment, you are going to tell the people what's a happy habit that you practice daily. Maybe it's not daily, but something that brings you joy and happiness. My happy habit would definitely have to be books. I am an avid reader. Like I demolish books. Like I, I love to I'm read. Jealous. I do. I really of do. That. Um, and if I'm not like reading a book, I'm listening to like an audio book. Mm. Um, because I don't know. It just it's, it's just something very soothing. Um, right now I'm reading "The Mountain Is You," and I it's, saw that you posted that. It's phenomenal oh and it's God. just really it's taken me a while to get through it because it's so much like packed in there and I feel like when you're reading a book especially something that's for like self-improvement or something like that it's really important that you take time to digest and try to make application of the things that you're learning before going forward so I'm probably going to be reading this for like the next three months but that's okay because I'm listening to another book called Good Power which is also really good so mm. yeah my ha my happy habit is books reading oh my god yeah. you know why I'm jealous why because I have always been a book reader, mm -hmm. but I feel like once I came into this world, we were just talking about this world yeah, where yeah. you're looking around, you're like, where am I? Who am yeah, I? What's yeah. happening? 
I feel like I can't focus as well as I used to. Mm. Like, if the book is not a subject matter that grabs me, yeah. I can't, like, read through it the way I used to back yeah. in the day where I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter what it's about. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get through this book because I'm committed. Yeah, now yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm not interested. <laughs> I, I don't want to do this. But that's okay, right? I think that because book, for me, reading is, like, kind of intimate. Like, you want to read something that's going to feel feed you and, like, nourish you. And if it's not doing that, then it's not the book that you should be reading. Like, you're not reading books just for the sake of well, reading thank books. You, for you know what I mean? That. Yeah, like... I feel like, oh, I'm a quitter. I'm one of those people I'll watch one episode of a show and I'm like, mm-mm. I'm going to say give I'm at like... least three episodes. I'm going to say three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, one is not enough. Like, but when guys, it comes to books, what are you like... doing? What, where, where are we going with this? Yeah. You know? But, yeah, yeah I, I just start thinking about all the things I have to do. I'm crying. It's not a good book, though. But you're going to like The Mountain Is You. It's Brooke Wines, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. It's really good. Yeah, I love books, too. It's really good. I love books. That's it, guys. Bye. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in to the Nola Rowe Experience Podcast. Created and hosted by Nola Rowe. Produced by Take Action Media. Theme song by Mr. Melee. Sponsored by The Hills Restaurant, Brooklyn, New York. Listen to us on all podcast platforms and follow us on social media at the Nola Rowe Experience Podcast. Visit the Nola Row Experience Podcast.com and connect with us via email at talkwithnola at gmail.com.